Hi guys, welcome back to another 1107 and Dark. Um, today we are talking about Beyonce's new album, um, Renaissance Act One, and we're going to share our take, our opinions, our thoughts and feelings on um, her new album. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get right on into this chat about um, Renaissance Act One. Um, I will say before we get started, this episode is going to be a little different. We're not going to um, listen to the music and then talk. We're going to just kind of like talk about the album um, because we've already listened to the album um, and share our thoughts and opinions on um, the recent drama that happened, um, as well as, you know, just the overall of the album, songs that we liked, didn't like, um, and that kind of thing. So yeah, join us, join us in this chat. Courtney, you want to share anything before we get into it? Yeah, it's more like a follow-up to our uh, episode last week where we mm-hmm. just discussed our expectations for yeah. Beyonce coming back and our excitement for everything about Beyonce coming back with this new project. Um, so this is much more, I would say, a review than yeah. us kind of jamming like we normally do with an 1107 and Dark. Us kind of jamming and going through each song and breaking down the music. This is our Almost an album review, so it's a special episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Well, do you want to? I think we should start off rip just talking about our overall initial thumbs up, thumbs down in between of the album since we've listened to all seventeen tracks. I think for Renaissance sixteen, I 16 tracks. Mm-hmm. So yay, nay. Um, I'm a nay. <laughs> I'm a nay. <laughs> um, but I have, <laughs> but I have hope for the other um, two acts. So, and Beyonce did confirm that there will be three acts that she will be releasing as a part of this project. Um, so this one, this act, act one, is is just a solid no for me overall. So yeah. what about you? No, I get it. I think I think this is not my favorite Beyonce album. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna I wouldn't call it a total nay, because I do like some of the like the lyrics of a couple of the songs, but I will say I felt very I I felt more distance from this album than I felt yeah. connected to mm-hmm. Her work and I normally normally Beyonce's music to me is always something I feel really connected to for some reason. Yeah. Like I don't know why, even though most of her work is about being like, you know, kind of like going out having fun. But it's, she she's like makes it feel intimate as well. And this one I felt very I just felt disconnected. sort of disconnected. And maybe it's yeah, a style think, of music. Yeah. I think so too. And I was gonna say it was just like not relatable for me. Like yeah. and I think also too, um the sound was very um was very like specific to one genre and or specific type of people right yeah Um, that's just not the type of music that I would normally listen to when I I think Beyonce usually um well not even usually on her past albums to me she had a variety of different genres that you could kind of get with um and she didn't she just didn't have that for me this album so yeah, I do think I I think I mean to her credit, I do like 
that she built an entire world with this album. Like she, she start top to bottom. You really know what the sound is. There is no major break in there. I mean, I think her song plastic off the sofa, that's like the biggest break in my opinion from the rest of the sound. Yeah. Yeah. That because that one actually was almost more that was closer to a ballad to me. Yeah, yeah. It was not yeah. totally a ballad, but it was closer to it. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like so most of the other songs really sounded quite similar. So mm-hmm. I don't know, I mean, it's just I I the biggest thing I can say is I wasn't as connected to it. And I think it is because it is very specific to house music and like ballroom culture. And um, if anybody doesn't know what ballroom culture is, that's that for a long time is like the underground kind of drag queen, uh, like gay male, I male dominant. I would say mainly, though not always male. Um, but they, but they would go in like you know Vogue and like like that kind of underground scene. They would go in ballrooms and perform and have competitions. Like there's a really good documentary out about it. I forget. It's called Paris is Burning. If you ever seen Paris is Burning, you'll know what ballroom culture is. Really great documentary. Mm-hmm. But um, the music she's making in this with this album tailors specifically to like ballroom culture, and yeah. I think that that is not that for people who don't exist in that lane. I do think that it is not the. It's not what you would. Uh, I don't. It's not something you can relate to fully. And yeah, that I, that's what I'm saying. Like, relate, I think it's for but... a specific group of people because it's like that's just not something your average Joe is necessarily listening to. Which I think, like, I mean, I guess all genres are kind of like that. But it's like if you, you know, like you can kind of mix R and B with like soul, R and B with like a little bit of pop. You can mix R and B with you know a multitude of things. And I, I mean, I'm assuming she probably mixed some elements of those into like house music but it just like house music is very dominant and so you can't even hear those notes really it's like yeah you know so it's it's that's why i'm saying like it appeals to the girls but that that's about it yeah yeah i think and you know what i'm actually i mean maybe that's her intention is like to appeal to the girls like Mm -hmm. maybe that's what she wanted and i'm like i'm not I'm not mad at it from like a artist stand, like taking a stance standpoint. I'm really not. Is it something I'm gonna be bumping the whole album to this, like the rest of the summer and into the fall and winter? Probably Uh not. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. For me personally, but as we all know, I'm R&B Beyonce. That's top tier B for me. R&B hip hop infusion Beyonce. That's that's the Beyonce I know but then again that could be isolating to someone who does participate in ballroom culture true so like you know what I mean but I guess like her name is on it so she has the ability to cross over into a multitude of lanes right and still profit um and if it's not about profit to still be successful um I know for me personally I'm still going to listen to acts two and three, you know, <laughs> not going to give up still a Beyonce supporter, but um, it's just, this album just, just wasn't for me. I think this album is something that, um, you know, I mean, she could have very much just made it specifically for the girls. I mean, I did hear that her, somebody who was very close to her, her, somebody she called uncle Johnny. Um hmm. 
who was her mom's either nephew or uncle or something and she called him uncle johnny growing up but he had died from i want to say he died from something like aids like back in the day Mm. and obviously he was like a gay man but he had helped he had like made beyonce's prom dress he had like Mm. been like kind of like a uncle type figure in her life growing up and so i had the the album was dedicated actually to him so that actually gives me a little i know why it's got this like house ballroom you know type empower type message that they do use in the in the ballroom culture because Mm -hmm. maybe if it is something that was dedicated to him she really laid that on thick because of this person who meant something in her life yeah okay i see it definitely says that she dedicated this album to her late gay uncle uncle johnny yeah okay Okay, so okay, well, like keeping that in mind, and it's like okay, that, I mean, if that's if this is for him, then I get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I totally get it. That makes complete sense. Yeah, when I learned that, I was like, this makes more. This feels more the intentional. Not that it wasn't intentional. This feels more like the Beyonce I think we know, which is she's very to me. She's very intentional. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like even though she is, um, she's not a conceptual artist. And her work mm-hmm. doesn't have that like conceptual rigor to it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. She has never moved without intention, in my opinion. Oh yeah. And for, for that, sure. I have to respect her because so many artists move without intention. Even yeah. really big acts move without intention. I'm gonna be honest mm-hmm. with you. Agreed. Or the intention yeah. is very cliche and it's just to make money. And I feel for like sure. Beyonce moves artistically in an intentional way. And I have to respect her for that. One hundred. Yeah. Everything she makes usually has some type of you know, meaning, motive, whatever for her personally in her life, right? It's not mm-hmm. just because it's going to sell. There's something true to her with everything that she does. Um, yeah. And she, you know, makes a note to make that very public as well, too. So, yeah. Um, now that I like understand the background a little bit more, it's like, ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Makes it was like, you know, kind of how like Uncle Charles was in our life? Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. I think Uncle Johnny was to Beyonce. Mm hmm. Like, only obviously he was a gay man, so like that comes with a different culture or a different swag style, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we don't know how how influential he was in her life, and like maybe she was just like tributing to him because, like he said, he made her prom dress, he like made costumes and stuff for them, and he might have been a really big supporter and like, you know, yeah. Well, cool. That's good to know though, um, because I feel like with a lot of things that Beyonce does, we don't get to know about it especially her personal life we just mm-hmm. don't hear about it mm-hmm. um so it definitely puts it into context which is cool um to get like a better understanding of where she came from how we got here the music that she's creating um and all her music is you know meaningful to her in some way somehow mm-hmm. whether it relates to her life personally or someone that she knew so that definitely just gives you a, a perspective with how we got to this work of art yeah well, I do think what's interesting to me now is like, obviously we're seeing such a shift in Beyonce. Like, I think she really is trying to align herself with more like, I mean, I don't want to say just serious artwork, but yeah, like she's trying to make, she really is putting effort into being taken more seriously as an artist, not in, in like a classical way, I think. Obviously she's had popular and commercial success from just, you know, single ladies and like, deja vu and like she Beyonce can turn out a good club hit no questions asked right yeah yeah but I think 
now she's trying to, uh, her and Jay-Z both are trying to associate themselves with this like higher art form. And they've been doing this for years now. Like Jay-Z mm-hmm. wears his hair like Jean-Michel Basquiat, which if you guys don't know who that is, mm-hmm. influential uh, black, young black painter from the mm-hmm. 80s whose work sells actually for millions and millions of dollars. Like he's oh, in like yeah, very Mm-hmm. Yeah, Basquiat, very famous mm-hmm. painter, and he's had this kind of like street, almost like hand sketch mm-hmm. type style to him. But yeah, he was yeah. he was labeled as like a creative genius, like in the eighties. And I feel like Jay Z doing his hair like Basquiat, like just like mm-hmm. dr- half these half dreads just <laughs> everywhere, right? And then it's um, called freeform. <laughs> No, excuse me, sorry. Okay, I know. Oh Look, I'm natural. Okay, I have natural hair. So I wasn't trying. I don't know what to call it. I didn't know what the name it's was. Freeform. Just... Freeform. I'm educated. So we're now. not getting roasted. So we're not getting roasted. Okay, because <laughs> I, I know when I came out of my mouth, I didn't want it to sound like oh, just like crazy hair, like because people already associate black hair as being like crazy and mm-hmm. wild and unkept. That's not what I'm trying to say, but like all I know to say is like the the dreads aren't totally dreaded. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. Well, it is like the hair is freeform because it's like locking on its own. The hair is doing it's what like, a hair yeah, wants to do, like, right? It's like freeform. No. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. really associated with Jean Michel Basquiat. Look up pictures of Basquiat. Mm-hmm. His hair is the exact same way. Yeah. yeah. And then even them, you know, doing that song, that song Ape Ish, where they shot the in the Louvre and were like, you know, they're like almost it's kind of an appropriative artist thing. If you really mm-hmm. get into like art history. They're taking these images of classical images and putting their their selves up there as black people, as black billionaires, as successful black people. They're putting mm-hmm. themselves up there and saying basically, this is our space too. Or we can we can enter this space as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Spaces mm-hmm. where they normally don't consider black people and black art to be, you know successful or black art is not normally accepted in you know like the Louvre in Paris how much how many black paintings are in there probably very few (laughs) very few if any Mm -hmm. and then um I mean the same thing with her like up on the horse all of those are very classical images like you know Mm -hmm. the the horse image she's putting herself in those are very classical images and like she keeps putting herself in these like renaissance type like garb like I'm Mm -hmm. you know I'm the queen and like kind of like Queen Anne kind of like you know King Henry era type stuff, mm-hmm. that stuff, all of those are referencing classical times, which is referencing or more, more like classical times. That is not totally classical, but it's referencing that like high art realm where we associate like luxury and money and, and status. Mm-hmm. So these are subtle little things that if you really know art history, you know what they're trying to do. And to me, when I see that, I'm like, this is clearly what they're like. They're trying to put themselves on the same level as like a Basquiat. Yeah, I can see that, though. I think that's their new aesthetic. Like, they've been doing that for years now. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely trying to, like, have this, um, I don't know if it's a complete crossover, but like an intertwining of conceptual art and music, right? Mm -hmm. What is the healthy balance of that? Um, Which they're both pretty good at, Um, like creating this even like Beyonce with um the previous one of her previous albums when she had like that visual art element to it um uh-huh. I think that was the Beyonce album but the entire album had a music video so it's that idea between conceptual art and um 
you know, I guess you can call it a music video, but it's pretty more conceptual art in that realm, um, yes. being that everything has a music video and releasing that as its own independent work of art and then the album itself. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I just really. think, I, I think this is what I think seriously is like, they didn't have the art school experience, like the art kid experience before they became successful, popular artists. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the difference between like a Beyonce is like, and someone who just goes to art school is an art school. You have that kind of like experimental type phase while you're in mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And not that your art has to become more streamlined as you get older, but like that stuff you experience at like 22, 23 when you're in college and nobody sees your work, you know, mm-hmm. and they're almost like doing it backwards. I feel like because yeah. they yeah. didn't have an art school experience they just went straight from and their young adult well, they were became incredibly popular artists and so that's I think true. for a long time they were selling they were selling what was popular and that's cliche they were selling cliche and I I I hate to say it I do think that because they are so popular sometimes their work is missing the conceptual rigor behind it it does it uses the aesthetics of high value art or high uh, end art, but it's uh-huh. not it's not necessarily having the same conceptual rigor behind it. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, because I think I mean I agree with that because because it's not solely conceptual art, um, yeah. and they're not necessarily conceptual artists, right? Um, they true. may have those individuals on their team, but I, and I think that's the fine line. It's like finding that ha- that happy medium for them is where where do you um, Where's the healthy balance? Because at the end of the day, they are artists, right? And they are mm-hmm. known for their their art artistry, right? They're not known, and I'm talking about artistry in the music realm. They're not known for being conceptual artists. And I don't think they could do that solely and be as profitable, right? So yeah. I don't think they're trying to be conceptual artists. They're just trying to be, um, expand their their music artistry into a different realm, which they've been very successful in doing, honestly. Beyonce has, especially. I mean, yeah, I just, I think the the only person who could potentially get hit out of it is like the people who are actually conceptual artists who do struggle. (laughs) Because that's normally where a conceptual artist is. is Like, I don't say struggle, but like conceptual artists typically don't have this kind of resources that somebody like Beyonce has. Typically, now there are some incredibly successful conceptual artists out there who are incredibly wealthy, but I think what the issue becomes when you take the aesthetic of something and you put the aesthetic on, but it's lacking the substance behind it. I don't agree because I don't think they're trying to be solely a conceptual artist. And in the, the day, their conceptual art is linked to music, and it has to be really because I don't think they would be as successful without it, right? Um, mm-hmm. So to me, I don't really see that as a threat to conceptual artists because conceptual artists are only making that conceptual art versus Beyonce is making this in relation to her music. It's attached to the music. That is the reason why um, it is has been beneficial because it's a link to her uh, music and, and that's what she's known for. Right. If it did not have yeah. that music element, I think it would be successful, but it may not be as um, popular. Because everything you see Beyonce does is linked to music some way, same somehow. I I'm not, I'm not saying that she should change. She's not. She shouldn't change her artistic form. I'm saying when they, what often happens is, it's the same thing as a bigger artist taking the look 
or the sound of a smaller artist and then taking it, morphing it into what, it, what they th- think will be more profitable and then them profiting off of the aesthetic that they didn't create. That's what I'm saying. I think they can, they run the risk of getting lost in that. But I mean, the aesthetic for conceptual art versus aesthetic of making a music video. But I'm saying though, okay, look, if you look at Beyonce's Lemonade album, there is an artist right now whose art will, has never gotten the same level of play that Beyonce has. Uh, the Hold Up video, she goes around and uses a baseball bat to slash in windows, right? A uh-huh. conceptual artist from the 90s named Pipilati Wrist, from, I think she's from like Sweden. She's actually a famous conceptual artist. Did the same thing in a video art piece where she took a flower, a, like oversized flower, and was like going down the street beating people's cars in. This was in the 90s. So Beyonce took that aesthetic, morphed it, took a baseball bat instead, and was going down the street smashing in people's... Like, when you compare those videos side by side, you will see exactly what I'm talking about. But That's what I mean. Watching. Like, it's because her hers is attached to music. That is what's selling. Like, if you didn't even ever see the video... That's why she took the aesthetics from somebody else. She took the aesthetic yeah. from somebody else. And Pipilati Riz will never have the same unfortunately play because you can only see Pipilati Riz seriously in art museums you can only see her in like uh they had a show out here in Los Angeles they had her in like um I want to say MoCA which is the modern one of the like museums here and they had her in uh maybe even the Hammer Museum but you can only see that in an art context not that Beyonce like obviously Beyonce's work is not probably being played in like a museum but it's like she took almost the exact same like look of her video from the 90s and like used it in her work yeah i guess look up look up that video i'm talking about her name the artist's name is pipilati wrist and then look up the hold up video okay i'll look at it after because you'll be like no this is straight ripped off of it Mm-hmm. That's the issue I think Beyonce and Jay-Z run into is because they n- don't have the conceptual rigor, meaning the substance behind it or the what it takes to, to be a conceptual artist is the it, that's the originality of it is because you're taking something that isn't exactly a, a like you're taking just aesthetics and you're using the concept to make the work. So it's always original. Versus when you take just the straight up, you take the look of something or you take the sound of something and then use it to make something else, that becomes appropriation. And that's why I, I consider Beyonce actually more of an appropriative artist than, than we give her credit for because she takes a lot that other people have made and then it, it expands it or turns it into something different or uses it for a different task. Hmm. I even need to do more versus, research into that. I mean, a conceptual artist is looking at the concept itself. Like, what am I trying to say through this artwork? If I'm trying to say something about, you know, gender or politics or whatever, I look, I make artwork. The artwork is derived from that idea. But that's what I'm saying. Who is to say she did not get that idea? You know how many people are walking around with a bat, smashing stuff in? People do that on a regular, let alone for conceptual art. Look at the videos. I'll t- you tell me what you think. Okay, I'll look at it after. 
look at the videos because it's it's like it's a little too close to the video to be like oh she just came up with that on her own okay all right so i did find the article where she's talking about her uncle johnny um and so basically um Beyonce in one of the songs apparently she um is heard saying Uncle Johnny made her dress um and so uh Johnny is who introduced her and Solange to house music which gives some more context into this um into this um He's probably part relationship of ballroom she culture. He probably hmm? was like he probably did go to ballrooms yeah probably because he i mean he was uh, apparently he was fully aware and loved um house music so i'm sure he definitely was a part of that underground culture yeah and also in like the 80s 90s when they would have been coming up that was a big that was like even bigger then it was Mm -hmm. probably even more underground um that documentary i was telling you about paris is burning Mm -hmm. that documentary is set i think in the late 80s yeah really good documentary I that was the first time I learned about uh, barroom culture, mm-hmm. and and that was the first time I realized that a lot of the terms we use now, like queen and yes and girl and all that, mm-hmm. all that comes from, from that gay culture. culture. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I actually felt kind of disgusted because I was like, um, so we're just gonna not acknowledge that this comes from gay barroom culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even how you say it, yes, you know what I mean, like come on. Yeah. Now. We have to know that. Um, Beyonce was also quoted quoted saying in um, one of her captions that um, Johnny was the closest human being in the world to her, um, and they were inseparable growing up. So later on in his life, um, and Beyonce's, he was her nanny, housekeeper, designer, dance partner, and her confidant, aka her bestie. So she, um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I didn't. I mean, but it doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. Beyonce's very like. Yeah, and that would mm-hmm. that would actually really explain why she really went all in and was like, I'm doing 17 tracks, 16 tracks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because so, I mean, he was obviously somebody then, really important to her. I didn't realize, I, I don't know why I assumed that he lived until, or that he had passed away when she was young. But mm-hmm. if he had, you know, if he became a housekeeper, confidant, and bestie, then he must have been, he really must have seen her success. Okay, so I misread this. It's not um, Beyonce. It's Tina. It's Tina. Oh, okay, Tina. So Tina wrote that um, in her caption, and he was in those things for her. So that's how he was able to influence Beyonce and Solange. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh-huh. But, I mean, that, I mean she, that's enough said, too, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so I'm going to read off just, like, the list of the songs, um, and then we can share our thoughts on, like, what we thought was, you know, good, bad, whatever. So, obviously, this is Renaissance Act 1, um, and hopefully we will get to hear Acts 2 and 3 pretty soon. Um, we come in with the first song, I'm That Girl. Number two is called Cozy. Number three is called Alien Superstar. Four is Cuff Cuff It. Um Five is energy. Six is break my soul. Seven is church girl. Eight is plastic off the sofa. Nine is Virgo's groove. Ten is move. Eleven is heat. Twelve is thick with a Q. Um, Thirteen is all up in your mind. Fourteen, America has a problem. Fifteen is pure slash honey. And sixteen is summer renaissance. So that's the list of the album. Mm -hmm. So Courtney, do you have any favorite songs? 
I like Turf Girl. I think that's the next single coming off of it. I really think that's the next single coming off the album. People are talking about that one a lot. I think mm-hmm. Cuff It and then I think maybe move. like Move. Yeah, I think out of that, out of that, it'll be that mm-hmm. little group of songs. If not, maybe Plastic Off the Sofa. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, maybe. But those are the ones I'm hearing the most, especially Church Girl. I do think people really are going to that was the one I immediately gravitated to on the mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. So I think Church Girl will definitely. I thought she was going to sing a little bit more on that one, but she got she turned it very much into like a almost a Mavis Stallion type song. Like the whole album? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was also a little perplexed by that, too, because I was like, where, where's where's the vocals? <laughs> right. I, which I think, you know, also the genre, too, like the genre, it's uh, it kind of takes over. It can be overpowering overpowering so um it's hard to hear like vocals if they were there i'm sure so yeah the vocals probably aren't uh, vocals probably aren't there anymore and well not anymore sorry but i in house music i don't think they focus on vocals the same way it's oh, more like so. it's feel. more like talk at least sort of like demonstrative like i'm mm-hmm. this i'm that we're doing yeah. this well it's more like a speaking and affirmation type tone that I think yeah, yeah, yeah. is usually in house music versus you know mm-hmm. an R&B track is definitely is very sing-songy you know for sure I definitely think in the context of like house music she definitely gave you know yeah with oh yeah this music, is this so. is like this is a classic for house <laughs> for house I think mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. think this is a new classic for house music I don't think that I, so that's why I don't consider it a total like you know dub for me i think it's like you know i think it's it's a genre and it's it's who she wants to direct it to you know uh-huh. yeah i'm not sure 100 yeah um she definitely had a target a audience in mind so yeah i've never been to a ballroom so i wouldn't know you know and i'm like i do think though that what i know about the culture i think they would jam to this this would really i think they're playing it now yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. So, and then, you know, something else I think too, which is interesting, is like I don't think I'll I think house music and ballroom music, a lot of times I think they end up remixing so much of the music because nobody makes specific or not a lot of people, excuse me. I don't want to say nobody. Not mm-hmm. a lot of people make specific like ballroom culture type music, like, you know, True. big freedom type music. Mm-hmm. So there aren't that many artists who really put out a specific genre for that lane and so maybe yeah. Beyonce was like let me give them something that's like for this lane because a lot of times sure. I think house music ends up being remixes and a DJ sort of thing where they're like for sure. taking something that's popular and making it their own yeah, but Beyonce yeah, yeah. was like let's give them something that is their own that they don't have to mm-hmm. like remix yeah you know that could have been the vibe for sure yeah which is a, it's actually mm-hmm. kind of a that's really actually an artist taking a stance and saying like this is missing yeah. from what I see and mm-hmm. we're gonna make something. Yeah, what she I mean in her last couple of, of albums she's really been doing that like taking that stance and really trying to like pave the way almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can like see her doing that because like I said like or like you said earlier Beyonce doesn't she's not too um, usually most things in in, in her creations. Um, have some type of meaning and or bigger purpose it's not just for 
just because I want to make a dollar. Like she has millions, <laughs> billions. Yeah. So, you know, it's really not because I need to make me make a whole bunch of money, which I'm sure that helps, but um, she has the resources and the abilities to be like, you know what? I'm going to maybe um, provide this group of people something. And she doesn't have to lose anything in that because people are going to support regardless. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know what I think would be great for her to do with like taking some of the proceeds from the album and donating to like LGBTQ places or yeah, different, you know, organizations and things like that. I think mm. that would be fantastic. And like, you know, mm. something else we got to consider too is Beyonce is actually a multi-decade she's in a multi-decade career at this point. Yeah. So, I think sometimes we think Beyonce is still like uber early in her career or something and like she's like needs to play by the rules or something. And mm. She Beyonce has been in the game before the game changed, actually. Like she's been here since the late nineties. So mm-hmm. she's been at least twenty years, twenty, twenty-five years, as long at least as yeah. long as we've been alive. You yeah, know, I think her, her first album was in like two thousand and her first single album was like two thousand and six. Yeah. Something like that. So I mean she she's been in the game for a minute. And she's been, she's vocally, I mean, in her uh, career, she's also been in groups. So she has honestly paid her dues to get to the point where she really doesn't have to put things out that make people feel, make everybody feel good. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's never any, it's never an artist's responsibility to make someone else feel good either. Mm-hmm. Like whatever level you're on. But I think, um, for this one, I she probably just was like, you know what? I'm going to put it out. It's a part of a three-part series mm-hmm. of work for me. Yeah. If this album isn't, you know, a fan favorite, like, I put it out because I wanted it to. She has the resources to do it at this point. She's got the name. She's, you know, she owns the material. That, I mean, it was like, really? Why would she... She had no reason not to do what she wanted to do. Very true. Besides, unless if the only reason she would, you know, make more, I guess, popular or more cliche type music is if she really was just trying to appeal to the masses. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And maybe that wasn't her intention. I don't think so. I think, I mean, I really do think it was to, like a tribute, you know what I mean? And I, it seems like she was very intent on making sure that this genre of uh, music and um, of individuals that enjoy that genre of music has something to listen to, something they can call their own, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's actually the, the theory, but that's the theory that I'm going to run with. And I like that theory, so. Mm-hmm. I think even if, I mean, I would, I don't think Beyonce would you know protest that the theory i'm no, sure it's part no. of it i mean she might have other reasons too but and for all we know beyonce could really enjoy house music we don't know we really don't know very true i mean think about and even the old um some of the old uh 1107s we've done think about the nostalgia we have with something like electro funk that we really only knew that genre because of a relation or a, a parent right or a, somebody early in our childhood that could be the same thing with Beyonce and Solange like maybe they really knew about house music because of their uncle Johnny and that has a really strong nostalgic feeling for them strong mm-hmm. enough for her to make work about it mm-hmm. you know yeah so I don't I don't consider this a whole this like 
I don't even consider it a misstep. Actually, it's just it might not be for me, and maybe it wasn't made for me. Like you know that that's sure. also something to consider. Is like a lot of times when artists put things out, if it doesn't immediately resonate with somebody, a lot of times it's like, well, was this were you the intended audience? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, like I think some something that happens to me actually more is happening more now is like whenever I um. I was like screening clout over the summer and somebody asked me, they were like, well, when are you going to make something that has a happy ending? And then I like, it really hit me then. And I was like, some people watch your stuff, the stuff you put your blood, sweat and tears into so that they feel good about what you made when they didn't make anything. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that there's anything wrong with like, like the person who made that comment. Cause I'm sure it came from a genuine place, but it, it just showed me like, there's a level of like entitlement people have when they're consuming art. They feel like they should feel good about it. And oh, it's for like sure. sometimes it's never the artist's responsibility to make you feel good. Really, their only responsibility is to consume it. Um, you put, you yeah, put you something know. together that is <laughs> the only responsibility is to make something ethical, I think, to make something that is hopefully benefiting the world in some way, not tearing it down. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. It's really only the art, artist's responsibility. I don't even think that's your responsibility. And, I, and the reason why I don't think that is because that art is true to you, right? You Whatever meaning you find in that is what you find in that. And you happen to share that with the masses, right? But yeah. um, as far as, like, you know, influencing the world, that is you or your job and your parents' job to influence themselves and um, their children. If you leave it up to the world, that's on you. Yeah. Well, so it's okay, not even well, your job to make sure that it's ethical, quote unquote. Um, well, what I mean by ethical is I, I say ethical because that's kind of a catch all term for me, meaning you don't put something out in the world that hurts others or yourself. That's what I mean by ethical. I mean, I agree. But I think even if I mean, I think even when you bring, you know, ethical things into question. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's just how they want to express their art, period whether it's ethical or not, mm-hmm. right? And it really, let's, let's be honest here, ethics um, is based off your perception of what is ethical and what is not, so. Yeah, that's true. You're right. So maybe they don't have a response. I mean, I guess I what I say that because I don't want people to put out artwork being like, kill babies, like, you know, <laughs> like or like murder people, like, because people will be like, well, it's my ethics, or like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like, yeah. people have done that in the past, and it's like, okay. Not I, mean, that I agree, but I mean, you make movies about people getting killed. So it's the same thing. Oh, okay. I don't like that. That had a very specific purpose. I know, but what I'm saying is like those things, whether um, in your face obnoxiously or subtle, those things mm-hmm. already happen. So it is not your job to um, tell somebody in a movie, oh, this is what you should or should not do. First of all, we are adults. You have to be responsible for you and your actions. Yeah. Um, so it's no one else's job. You have to be accountable uh, as well as be aware of, of your stance on things and, you know, say you do something that you think is ethical that's maybe not ethical in the eyes of the law, then you just know you need to prepare to do some time. Yeah. Yeah, because then that gets into the, well, okay, I want to clear up. I don't just make movies about pe- killing people, okay? <laughs> that was like... I don't think you have anything about killing anybody. <laughs> no, I mean, I, well, I mean, what you said was like, you only make movies about killing people, and I'm like... No, I no, no, that was the example. Yeah, no, no I don't... Actually, yeah, my movies actually are, are about killing people. Anyways, but actually, speaking of ethics, you could get into the R. Kelly thing because yeah, exactly. technically, I mean, he was making music that people were jamming to, but obviously he was making music to live this very unethical lifestyle. And that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, as an artist, I think 
your only responsibility is to be an ethical person. I agree, but that's what I'm saying. Because to him, that was like, this is okay. But to the masses, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So then, especially like in the eyes of, of, for example, like men, um, if you have to question, oh, if you have to ask the question, oh, you're, how old are you? You know what I mean? And they're like, um, I'm, you know, I'm 16. You're like, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't. You know what I mean? If you have to get to that conversation, then you already know you're wrong, but then you continue to do it. R. Kelly didn't have to tell you that. Yeah. You know, Um, obviously he was, you know, preaching the other side of that, but R. Kelly doesn't have to preach you that. You should know that. Yeah. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like it is nobody's responsibility. You, I mean, these things are not. It doesn't take yeah. a, a genius. The artist doesn't have response doesn't have any responsibility other than to make something that they feel proud of. Yeah. That, and that's what and I think that's the problem with the industry as a whole any anyway, is that you feel entitled that they have to, you know, be ethical. They have to teach you something. You have to get something good from it. You have to get something out of somebody else's work, right? Work, yeah. Um when that is not even about that at all. The artist doesn't yeah. well, I mean, you're in the in the business of kind of like pleasing people, um, and that's a double edged sword in itself. At the same time, you're doing this because this makes you happy. This is satisfying for you. This is, you yeah. know, maybe your calling or whatever the case may be. Not because I'm doing this for somebody else. And what's the point? Yeah. Well, and that's why I I guess my my issue is not really with the artist. It's with the audience feeling like they are the audience expectation that they should have some sort of positive, that they should be able to uh, almost claim the work as their own. Like, like the artist is only making this to please you. And I think that that uh, especially in America so much of our culture is that like the customer is always right type thing and I think that that could be that's a very problematic place to be in if you're an artist only looking to please people yeah 100 percent you're no longer an artist you're a servant yeah at that point you're because they're looking at them as like you might as well be like a court jester not actually somebody engaged with artwork or creating things you know don't even bother. And the people who, and there's a lot of people who really think artwork is only made to like either please them. And uh, mm-hmm. that's why when that comment came up, it, someone mentioned that I was like, it made me think immediately. I didn't even say anything, but it made me think. And I was like, nothing I make ever has to have a happy ending. And if the world I'm living in, I see the happy ending, the happy ending doesn't serve my work. I'm not putting a happy ending in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything that doesn't have a happy ending. And sometimes it's important to recognize that it isn't a happy ending. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And that's fair. And that's, that's a fair. true life experience, you know? Not it's a true life, life experience. And, you know, like I said, I obviously I want as many people, same thing with Beyonce, she wants as many people to, to look at her work and appreciate it as possible. But if for whatever reason you can't get past, it don't have a happy ending or it doesn't have the sound you want, then it this ain't it for is. you. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not for you, you know? And I think... Too much, like I was saying, too much in America, we feel like if an artist, especially a big entertainer like Beyonce, makes something, that I should enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what's most important out of it. And it's like, actually, but we're, you're buying tickets to a show that you aren't invited to. Exactly. You don't have to enjoy exactly. anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it was like crashing right, a so- party, expecting it to be the time of your life. Like you crashed. Mm-hmm. You know? For sure. All right, yeah. so now we're going to get into the the Kellis trauma. Oh, yeah. We should debrief on that a little bit. Like, do people yeah. know kind of what happened? So, know. 
basically what happened was um, Beyonce sampled a song from Kellis or Kelly's. If you don't know, she sings Milkshake. My milkshake brings out a boy to the yard. And they're like, it's better than yours. You've heard that song. I know you have. So, yeah. So Kellis is from that song. And um, so she sampled one of Beyonce sampled one of Kellis's songs. So okay, um, let, let's rephrase that because it she didn't sample Kellis's song. It's not Kellis's song. Um, Kellis is the singer on that song. The vocalist. Um, on the song. She does the vocals, but the song belongs to the Neptunes, um, which yes. is uh, Pharrell's group that he had back in the day. And Kellis was a part so, of it. And Kellis was a part of it, but she's just the vocalist. She is not the producer. Um, even on the uh, album itself, where she released that track, she is not known as anything but the vocalist. Okay. Yes. Um, she okay. didn't That's even write the lyrics. That's important. She did yeah, not even important. write the lyrics to this. Um, this song. To this song. So I do yeah. want to make that correction because it gets into what we're talking about later. Yeah. So, okay. So I was saying Kelsey's song because that's what most people associate when the, they associate songs with singers and that's not. There's a lot that goes into it. So she actually sampled a song from the Neptunes. That's what Uh Beyonce sampled. And Kellis was the featured vocalist, was the Uh vocalist on it. Okay, so that's important to know. And so Kellis was upset about it because she's saying, this is my song. Uh Um, Claiming that this, the song that Beyonce sampled was her song and that she didn't receive a call from Beyonce. She didn't receive like... I guess what she felt should have been the proper way of asking to to borrow her song and put on her song. But um, the drama, I mean, and that's really the drama because she went on the internet and was like, Beyonce stealing music. And she just made it out to be like, Beyonce was like a thief. Like Beyonce was really just, you know, stole the music, didn't ask and like totally ignored copyright laws and all that. Uh And um, so that was the drama. And obviously Beyonce doesn't respond to that because... Amen to Beyonce being the bigger person. <laughs> right. Beyonce does not respond That's to that. Clearly. Um, and so, yeah, but that that was really, and it's been, I think it's been going on for a couple of days. Like she makes videos and whatever about it. And like, obviously everyone just, the beehive shuts ignores. her down very quickly. And I love it. <laughs> because to be honest, like we were just saying, and Caitlin clarified, the Neptunes own the song, right? Not Kellis. So Beyonce cleared the song had her lawyers reach out clear the song to use it in her album the proper channels exactly. so kellis was feeling obviously slighted somehow however kellis does not own the music so there's no way beyonce could have infringed on copyright for something kellis does not own you see what i'm saying exactly. that's yeah. like you getting mad that somebody stole your neighbor's car uh-huh. when in fact you don't know if they stole it or if they just purchased it the legal way Exactly. Like, what are you mad about? It's not yours. You know what I mean? It's like, it's definitely Karen behavior. It's like, this has nothing to do with you and you're angry about it for what, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? But, um, yeah. yeah, so that was, that's kind of the rundown. But what, what do you think about this situation? I think it is... <sighs> Kellis. <laughs> <laughs> Just take several, 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 several. 10 times over several um, seats. Because first of all, you do not own the song. So let's be honest. Beyonce went to the proper proper channels because she reached out to the Neptunes, um, clearly, or it would not be on the, on the, on the CD, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't have to contact Kellis because let's be honest, if she's just the, the singer, because she didn't even write the lyrics, then she's technically sampling the song too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, it's just like, first of all, um, 
you should humble yourself, right? Beyonce mm-hmm. is that could have been a marketing tool. Like she is like the pinnacle of the art industry, um, excuse me, music industry right now. You know, her and Jay-Z, they're top of the food chain, right? So mm-hmm. to me, that would have been an honor to allow her to use my or sample my song and then maybe be like, you know what, Beyonce used my song. Thanks, girl. You know what I mean? Um, like reminds me of Milkshake or something like that. Bring some more attention to to your even your music. Get you popping back again. Cause when was your last hit? Okay. So um it's just like, ma'am, and then like she's talking about how it wasn't even sampling. It's called interpolation. Like she literally sampled the beat. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Which I, I listened to the song and I didn't even hear any notes of Milkshake. I, I mean, like I was like, where? Like I literally listened to the album, saw that on social media and I was like, what song? What, what song? Um, couldn't, I mean, I could not have told you unless I like listened to it side by side when I saw something on TikTok about it. I actually think interpolation is, is slightly more subtle than sampling is because sampling I think is more like taking something yeah. directly it's like the difference between paraphrasing and um, and a direct quotation. Like yeah, a direct yeah. quotation would be sampling and then interpolation is paraphrasing, which is an even subtler form. So it's like she really didn't even necessarily like steal in the way you're like acting like she stole. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's still cleared even for the interpolation. So yeah, like, and I was going to say like and like I said, like it's I don't need, like you said, I I mean, Kella said that it was interpolation, which, you know, and I guess that's a bigger deal to her. To me, I don't think either one's a big deal. Beyonce went through the proper channels, right? Um, she just didn't tell Kellis, which she didn't have to do that for Kellis. You know, sure that would have, would ha- that have been nice, sure, and would that provide Kellis, I guess, some pre- peace of mind or whatever. But um, she didn't owe that to you at all. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she didn't call Pharrell and tell Pharrell either, and she probably called, got her lawyers to call Pharrell. Like, is like, and to me, it's nothing personal. It's a business move. That's all artists sample all of them every single one i have never met an artist that doesn't i have a definition of interpolation which is the insertion of something of a different nature into something else so again (laughs) she altered it significantly Mm -hmm. which actually she might not have even needed to clear it i'm sure she did but if you alter things enough you mm-hmm. actually can't even make cop- copyright claims because if you alter something, um, well, I know for film terms, if you alter something enough, then it's considered like derivative work, which is not the mm-hmm. same as a copyright infringement. So mm-hmm. actually on two ends, Beyonce would have probably been okay because even if she didn't have her lawyers clear it, if mm-hmm. she interpolated it enough. As I'm, which, like I said, you can't even tell that song's a part of it. Did yeah, if she changed it enough, they would have been like, I mean, this is a different, you know. Different track. And really the big thing is with copyright is if she was trying to take something of yours and sell it as her own. That's really mm-hmm. where they get, they try to get people for copyright mm-hmm. is when you when you mess up with the trade of it all, the market, when you're trying to in, interfere with the market by using someone else's image or someone else's yeah. logo or trademark to market your own material, market their material, materialize your own. So if mm-hmm. Beyonce didn't market this as her own, she interpolated and she got her lawyers to clear it. You really don't have anything to stand on, but like your ego. 
here. Exactly. And here's <laughs> the thing. So I'm looking at the credits for that particular song. She gives credit to the yeah, Neptune. She, she gives credit to individual artist. have to necessarily, I mean, depending on the contract or whatever, she yeah. might not even necessarily have to give credit. Exactly. But she did. You know what I mean? And so that's why I'm yeah. like so confused because it's like, when I tell you this song, this so the song that she um apparently you know sampled this milkshake um i'm not even gonna say milkshake because it really is just a beat right um Mm -hmm. what's called energy so track number five on the album but she gives the credit to the neptune so pharrell and the other guy's name is chad hugo who ended up writing milkshake in the first place right Mm -hmm. um which i mean i'm assuming she went through the legal ways because like they're on here you know what i mean she gave him credit um but she doesn't use anything from Kellis. Is it Kellis or is it Kellis? I don't know. I say Kellis. Oh, me too. But I feel like it might be Kellis. I don't know. She's so non irrelevant. I just think irrelevant. for her to step in and shine in Beyonce's light. And right? she chose to stand in the darkness. Yeah. Like, ask for, not ask, but like, you know, maybe y'all could have did like a cute little like milkshake well say Beyonce goes on to do like a milkshake turn into energy kind of vibe yeah. as like a remix like that would have been a smart that been but instead dope. you're over here dogging Beyonce which Beyonce's not going to interact with you if anything Beyonce's going to hand you a defamation suit um mm-hmm. you will never come into contact with her and keep on moving like what you you really that. look desperate and it just goes to show you the level um of unsuccess that you have and the reason why you're there mm-hmm. it's giving ungrateful yeah, it's giving on great It really is. And the thing is, like, Beyonce is somebody that everybody wants to work with. That could have been your opportunity. Yeah. And I also think, here's the thing, too. Like, honestly, even if Kellis, if Beyonce had contacted Kellis, like, Kellis still could not have given her the copyright. She still would have had to go through the Neptunes or the Neptunes mm-hmm. label and contact them for exactly. the right music. So, like, even if Beyonce had called you, you wouldn't have been able to do anything. Yeah. Apparently, Kellis has been noted for saying, like, it's just common decency. But Beyonce didn't owe you anything. Beyonce I mean, doesn't owe you common I decency. Common decency. I, I, I mean, know. I get that, but I really think that's out of... And nobody owes you common decency. Common that's what decency. I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody owes you a kiss on the butt because you feel some way. That's you, boo. If you feel yeah. that way, that's on you. You're responsible for you and your feelings. I mean, it, it would have been cool. I, it just sounds like she's like hurt that like the cool girl used her thing. It's like high school. Yeah. Like the cool girl like didn't acknowledge her at like the pep rally or something. Yeah, like this is giving real high school for sure. Going on your campaign. It just it feels like. Yeah. Why do you want that validation so bad? Exactly. Yeah, I think it would have been really cool if she took it upon herself to be like, hey, B, I know I see that you did this. That's so cool, girl. Love that you did that. And maybe you would put yourself on Beyonce's radar to be like, bring her back. Or shoot, you might even get a feature or a collab out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, she was even like, like no, you know, corner. Facts. She was like, quoted like um, calling out the Neptunes too, saying like the Neptunes should have known better. They should have called her directly. You did not own the song. <laughs> the yeah. Neptunes even owe you nothing. Like, what yeah. do you not understand? And my thing is, Kellis has been in this business for years, years. Mm-hmm. So you should know how this works. Exactly. 
if you're signed to a record label, they own that song, whether your vocals are on it or not. You're just doing them a solid. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. ain't it, it nothing to do with you. It's honestly like paid. You hate to say it, but the way that it works is like you're the paid performer. They're, mm-hmm. You're the act that is performing this song, but they own the intellectual property or rights to it. They're not necessarily singing it, but you know, you're almost like a contract performer. It's like if I'm throwing a, um, I don't know. I guess it's like I hate to say, it, but it's like if I'm throwing a birthday party, you're the the like clown I hired for the kids' event. Yeah, exactly. Like, this, you, 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 you perform, but you don't like you know you don't have any say so over the party. Yeah, like, you know you do your job and, and then like leave. You know, it's like and, being paid for a service. That's it. Yeah, you're, they're almost like being paid for a service. And I, I think the record industry is like predatory in a lot of ways. And that's a valid concern that I think Kellis could bring up in this conversation. Like, uh-huh. if that is how the contracts and stuff have been written. But, but then Beyonce's not your target. Beyonce, yeah, don't leave, blame Beyonce for playing by the rules that was handed to her as well. Yeah, and even you the know? Neptunes, though, because you signed that. You, you when it, whether she was with a record label or not, or whether she was with the Neptunes or whatever the case may have been. Even the credits on the album say who gets what. Exactly. You don't even get, all you get is you are a performer. That's all you get. So stay in the performance lane. This is like the side piece trying to come in and be like, oh, I'm the main B all of a sudden. You're not. You're the side piece. Stay in the side piece lane. Yeah. I I mean, in this, I think that's what's important about owning your own materials. Like this would be actually a different conversation if Kellis genuinely owned that material and Beyonce like took it. And didn't ask her. That would be a. I don't a, think Beyonce would ever do. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Beyonce would, would do it. I think if Kellis really did own it, Beyonce would have gone to Kellis and gotten it exactly. figured out. I think Beyonce didn't have to go to Kellis because Kellis is so like third party in this situation. Exactly. That is like, why? Like, why would she need to do that? Not to mention, Beyonce isn't making these calls herself. Beyonce's lawyers are making these calls. Okay, exactly. so Beyonce is not picking up the phone to call anybody that she's sampling exactly and here's another thing that reaching out to kellis would have been a formality sure whatever but like like you said earlier kellis could have not given the official okay so it would have been pointless besides kissing her butt and making her feel good you know what i mean i feel like kellis just wants the attention because it's like oh i did milkshake but let's be honest baby girl a lot of people don't even know that you you are on that song yeah, <laughs> I asked somebody today. I was like, you know who Kellis is, the girl that writes my milkshake brings, you know. And she was like, oh, I didn't know that was her. I was like, yeah, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> yeah. It's such a non-factor, and it's like, you hate to say it. She's almost like a glorified one-hit wonder. I mean, people do yeah, know milkshake, but I do think that she's almost a glorified one-hit wonder. And it's like, you have to know where you're at at this point in your life or For in sure. your career. And that's not to say you can't evolve and grow and become something more than you want. But recognize where you're at and don't bite. Don't bite the hand that's feeding. feeding. As somebody who can give you a leg up, because to me, Beyonce is the first one to be like, how can I bring out so and so? How can I? Like, that's what you want in your corner. Exactly. And honestly, Beyonce is always like giving the dues. Like, she really didn't, like, let's be honest, because she didn't even really sample the song she didn't even have to really give credit to like for real and then but beyonce is always giving credit and putting people on you know what i mean yeah. always um even and like Beyonce we, digs people up out of the like gutter <laughs> like, yes, we don't even know about. 
Exactly. And we'll bring them on to like make sure they're good. You know what I mean? Um, So she really has no problem giving you your credit or, you know, trying to put you on at all. At all. And she doesn't have to because she's there. You know, she doesn't have to. But she does it. Um, Because I think she genuinely wants people to win. But like... Kellis, there was nothing for her to reach out you, to you to. You know what I mean? There, there yeah. was really nothing for her to reach out to you for. Mind you, she wasn't reaching out. She, I'm pretty sure it was her lawyer. <laughs> exactly. I was like, Beyonce, to me, Beyonce is not picking up the phone for anybody. That's what she exactly. pays people to do, actually. <laughs> like, at this point. She doesn't life. have to. She, I mean, deserves <laughs> not to. She's yeah, worked hard in her career. She really does not have to. There's no legal recourse behind it for her. There's nothing to, to discuss. Yes, I think, I mean... If Beyonce was just going to really go the extra mile, she could have been like, hey, girl, what's up, blah, blah. But I'm like, I don't think she's she probably wasn't that invested in it. I mean, she created a whole album. That's a lot of work. She probably was not invested enough in that two seconds, unfortunate two or three seconds of a song or however long it was to reach out to you personally and like ask you. And like literally for what? For you to just be like, oh yeah, let's use that song. You really didn't have to find it, okay? So it really, to me, would have been a waste of breath, regardless of formality or common decency, because you owe no one decency at all, right? I'm sure if Kellis was sampling, you know, somebody else's song, are you going to go ask for decency, or are you going to get your lawyers to get involved? I mean, it's just like anything else to do with the law. You're not. If you don't have to do it, and you can pay somebody to do it that's nine times out of 10 what you're going to do, especially when it comes to legal things that need to be taken care of legally. That's what a lawyer's for. I think like, the way, this is the way Kelly should have played it. She should have, um, when she found out about the song, you know, being sampled, she should have been like, first off, happy. Number one. Number two, she should have, um, she could have reached out to Beyonce's team and been like, hey, I know you sampled this. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. If you want to like collab sometime, yeah. please let me know. I'm interested or even like performance dates or whatever. Like that's the way she really should have played this because at that point, actually, then you gain, you gain a good bit. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. this was an opportunity for you to gain, you know? I mean, to me, that would have been a smart thing to do, but I mean, like and the worst thing you could have done was get on social media and cause this scene. Cause I promise you, Beyonce is not going to work with you ever. And I promise you, here's the thing, because you don't own the rights to the music. She'll sample your stuff again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't know, like, obviously nobody really knows Beyonce personally besides those who are close to her. But, like, if it was me, I would have been petty and be like, let me find another one. Because you really tried it. You really right. tried it. Because you don't own the rights to the song. I didn't have to go through you. I owe you nothing. Just like you owe me nothing. Because if that's the case, then you can reach out to me and be like, hey, I, you know, you sampled my song. But you didn't do that. You went to social media. Which okay. we all know, Beyonce does not entertain for one. For two, the Beehive will be on that behind. The Beehive is not having this, by the way. Um, yeah. and don't let Solange get involved. Don't do that. Because <laughs> Solange, yeah. she is not as, um, she don't feel like, I mean, she, she doesn't have to be as classy as Beyonce because she's Solange, right? Um, mm-hmm. Beyonce, uh, Solange is about that life. So keep it up. Keep it up. Yeah. It's just, it is wild. It's very pathetic, honestly. You know what, something else I learned too, also, which is why this Kelly situation, I think it's coming out so close to the album release, is um, apparently Beyonce's lawyers didn't really in necessarily inform the uh, the people she's sampling or like the whatever 
they didn't know, probably due to NDAs, they didn't know exactly that they were signing to Beyonce, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. the lawyers would just approach and be like, can we use the sound? Mm-hmm. And they didn't, I don't know if they told the artist exactly who the person was. Was Which using you it. You don't have to, though. And, and she didn't have to. She obviously did not have to. But, like, so I think they didn't know. And I know that because, um, I don't know if you know who T.S. Madison is, but another, mm-hmm. like, internet personality sampled on a Beyonce song as well, or interpolated, whichever one, uh, on the album as well. And the he was saying, or she was saying, like, I just signed a contract saying, like, oh, so-and-so wants to use, or somebody wants to attain the rights to, to use your music for X, Y, Z, to use uh-huh. the sound you created. And they were like, okay, sure, there's a check, got it. But didn't find out till later it was signed to Parkland Entertainment, which is Beyonce's company. So it was like, oh, this is Beyonce. Yeah, so I, and, uh, maybe I that's why. I didn't really know either until much later, probably until what, you know what I mean? I mean, that's fine and dandy, but you still do not, for, um, far as Kellis is concerned, you still don't act that way whether you just found out or not, right? I agree. It don't make no sense to me because at the end of the day, like, especially for Kellis, like that individual, he had to sign that document because he, he had the rights to that particular he, thing. Right. Kellis doesn't even have the rights. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to me. Why are you upset? You don't even have the rights to sign. So of course it's not going to come to you. Mind you, these lawyers can't even disclose who they're working for. So it wouldn't have mattered. Exactly. So why are you acting like this? And you know that Beyonce always does things through legal, you know, people. I have never heard any be, anything of Beyonce talking about anybody's drama or her own. Ever. Exactly. Also, I just want to go back and say T.S. Madison is woman, transgender woman. So I just want to make oh. sure we say she. Got it. Sorry. sorry. She. No, it's okay. Just because people but, um, It's she, 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 she. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not sure who this individual is, but she, I correct myself. I T.S. Madison is like an internet personality, and I just that's how I started to figure out a little bit more about the Kelly situation because I was like, well, if Beyonce, if that's how it happened for her, then that might be how it happened also for Kelly. Oh, it's like I really didn't know. But again, like you said, how would Kelly know? Because you're not even a person they would go through. Yeah. Facts. And mind you, it's not Beyonce coming to you, it was her lawyers, like the people who yeah. handle. And they were probably under some legal things and stuff. Like, oh, I'm sure. They, they cannot disclose. They we're not trying to say this is for the Beyonce album. They're, again, like he said, the only reason they even knew was because Parkland Entertainment was mm-hmm. the name. And that's associated with Beyonce. So Beyonce was never even. She was not contacting you. Yeah. <laughs> they, they really, they, I'm sure the artists who were sampled didn't really even find out until. The album drop, like oh, right. I'm gonna say Beyonce loves to do things in secret, honey. I'm I'm surprised anybody knew, yeah. except for her, you know, her close ones. But exactly, so like, now. <laughs> like ma'am. And yeah. the thing is too that another thing that I don't like about this is she keeps carrying it on. Like you're doing too much. Like okay, say yeah. your piece and move on. But she continues to do this. Like ma'am, take several seats. You're really doing the most. Yeah, it's exhausting. It's exhausting because you're also in the wrong. Like yeah, you know. And like I said, if I could tell it was like milkshake, then I'd be like, okay, maybe like, but I can't even tell it was milkshakes, honey. And I've like listened to it several times now and I'm like, anybody could have made that. <laughs> anybody. I mean, there's a valid argument when you say like artists do, big artists do steal from smaller artists. That's, oh, yeah, that, that does happen. And we're not acting like that doesn't happen, but this was not a case of that. 
at all. And, and Beyonce did give credit to those who need to be credited. So yeah, and Beyonce has been in the industry enough to probably have been in some like crappy contract at some point in her life to know what the game really is yeah. about and to know to own your stuff because that's where she really. That's where you have a control, you know what I mean? Yeah. And even, and th- the thing is, like, if she would have told Kellis, right? So, mm-hmm. hypothetically, if she would have been like, Kellis, I'm going to use your sample on the... Beyonce cannot ris- risk you leaking her stuff. Yeah. Like, Beyonce has this a whole she- empire, essentially, for herself, for a reason. That's why no one knew. Everybody had to sign NDAs, for one. Everyone, no one knew that they were going to be on this album until this album dropped. Yeah, that's probably that's probably why, like you said, she might not she might have a very specific reason for not reaching out to artists specifically. Exactly. Um, because she didn't that runs the risk seriously of somebody saying something to their fans yeah. their followers, whatever, saying uh-huh. something to somebody and then it's blown that they're like working with Beyonce. Exactly. That jeopardizes her business. <laughs> like and that's and that's what I'm like was also another thing that's frustrating about Kellis too. Is like you're not even trying to see it from the other side. You're not even trying to see this from like a business standpoint. You're not even trying to see this from um Beyonce has more than just a music brand. She has a, a record label that she's, you know, maintaining. She has other things that are going on um business wise. And you all you see this is from is because she didn't let you know and call you personally. Stop acting like a freaking child, please. This is not high school. This is real life. And you're like 47 years old acting like this. Yeah. It really, to me, it almost sounds like she has more of a problem with the Neptunes. I mean, I think so too, but even the Neptunes owe you nothing because you all you are. Literally, I, I just looked it up on that um on the credits on this album that you know Chase is on. All it says is performer. Don't say lyricist. Don't say composers. None of that. Le- not even lyricist. Poor performer. You mm-hmm. literally just use the words that they wrote and sung it for them. Yep. So stay in a performer's lane. That's all you got to do, baby girl. That's all you got to do. And come up with your next hit and stop worrying about Beyonce. Come up with your own stuff. Exactly. I think, you know, that's something I think is such a misnomer about the, the record industry, too, specifically is that people really think because the performers' face is out there that they are the ones who own the material, they're the ones no. who are getting, who are making this work, who have the intellectual property. And oh, that's really not how it works. A nine times out of ten, it's some old guy in the back who doesn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> who doesn't have the appearance, who doesn't have the, you know, appeal, who is owner of this music and you know, they put the performer out there because they have the talent, but the talent is vastly different than, you know, owning these these things. For sure. And that's the difference between somebody like a Kellis or a Khalees and a Beyonce. Beyonce might Beyonce be owners. But Beyonce is also, you know, the owner of this material. So when Beyonce is putting this out there, it's under her name, her record label. Exactly. And, and that's Kelly, why she has more to protect yeah. and more to more to lose. And it's like, Kelly, you exactly. have nothing to lose because it wasn't yours in the first place. So stop, exactly. please, please stop. Yeah. I mean, that's unfor- That's the way the cookie crumbles. That's the way the game is played. You know, like facts. And you know, I wish I'm. This is just so important. It's so important if, as an artist to own your work because again, then you don't. You have less of these issues come up. Hopefully. Um, or maybe just have to be more liable for when these issues do come up. But 
it's it's you're always in a better position as the owner versus you know yeah the performer let's just say that i agree with that for sure i do agree with that and i, I mean i think um let this be a lesson to those who can receive the lesson right but um the the music industry is you know i think is well misunderstood too um mm-hmm. like courtney said like a lot of you think because i sung this or whoever sung it they own the rights to it and that's just not that's the case there's so many other intricate parts to it like so many other intricate parts where usually the the performer um usually has no rights to the song even the record labels usually have more rights than the um the artist itself so you know well, yeah I mean, the performer is the face that they're pushing. Is the former the performer is almost the product that they're pushing out there yeah. and selling, and that's what makes it feel very predatory, and mm-hmm. like you know, and that is a comment in and of itself that is valid. But when you want to have that conversation, have that conversation in the appropriate context. Yeah. Um. Because, as far as it relates to the Beyonce situation, Beyonce played her okay. cards right. Yeah. And. She stands to reap the benefits from it because that's that's what she she does. <laughs> that's what she did. That's what she does. And she's like lastly handling not handling it. So yeah, I, really I mean, hope. at one point in Beyonce's career, she was signed to record labels, and I'm sure yeah, she got she burned too because the whole thing is predatory. That's the truth. It is, but mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. get burned, and then you don't put your hand back in the fire. Exactly. So Kellis, please work on that next uh that next hit so we don't have to run through this and make sure you own it. Milkshake Thank you. too. Strawberry milkshake. <laughs> Maybe we should get chocolate. <laughs> you know what's disheartening about this is banana split. Like, facts. Kellis is an African American female. Like, here we go again, tearing down another black woman because you know, you feel like your feelings got her and you didn't get a pat on the back. Um we really have Kellis needs to do she needs to listen to our healing um healing, our healing episodes. Like Yes. Heal. Stop coping just survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and don't let that trauma like stop you from your blessings. You know what I mean? Like this really could have been an opportunity for her. And it's like, ma'am, that just went down the drain. (laughs) That just went down the drain. So Well, Beyonce's gonna stay winning for always. And you just hope secured that. So exactly. (laughs) You just brought more drama for I'm sure Beyonce doesn't want her album to sell from drama, but we just brought more notoriety and more listens and more streams. So more attention. Yep. Well, that was a great talk. I'm glad we um we talked a little bit about the album, but also the kind of the industry surrounding the album, as well as um just different things connected to this new work that is coming out. And um I think it was a really great conversation. I'm glad we could have it. Glad we could dissect. We're definitely looking forward to uh at two and three, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, hopefully, those those parts will definitely be more something we personally feel connected to. I'll say that, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and we'll probably do um, the following albums as well and releases. So, um, just stay up with us on that. Um, so, yeah, we hope you enjoy. Yeah. Not auntie. Is Beyonce an auntie? She's cousin. She's like cousin Beyonce to me. Mm, I don't know because she's like in her 40s now. Like she's older. Yeah. 40s isn't old. I know it's not old, but I'm just saying like an aunt? No, she's a cousin. I think she should be an aunt though. Like 40? You're definitely an aunt at 40. Okay, whatever. Okay. Cousin. 
Well, I mean, okay, if I was hanging out with Beyonce, she would definitely feel like an older cousin to me. Maybe because maybe because I'm not. Like she's my aunt. I don't really behave like a twenty something year old, so maybe that's why she was like, <laughs> Well, that's my friend then. Yeah. Close if that's Beyonce, the case. I actually feel like Beyonce and I would get along. I know I know everybody says that. Everyone's like, I would be besties with Beyonce. And I'm like, honestly, I feel like Beyonce and I would vibe over like talking about artwork. Because I think we're both very invested in like being good artists. Mm-hmm. You know, not being ethically good artists as well as being as conceptually sound as possible. So I think I would actually like really have a good conversation that. with Beyonce. Yeah, I know. I think she's like she would be interesting to like talk with and get like not she's ideas different. from, but just because I feel like her, obviously we only hear her music. We don't like hear much from her per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like she like the little things that she does say or does like she's she's very fun and like yeah, you know, kind of witty. I mean, she's very especially for black women. Black women coming from the south, she she feels like an older cousin to me because I yeah. know I know that genre, that not genre. I know that lifestyle. And I know what she's saying, how she's saying, why she does the things she does. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Like I know that because that's that would have been like an older cousin for me, or it would have been. Yeah. It's how it's like even the person I'm sort of involved evolving into now is like an older, not older, but like a black woman of a certain age range. You know, one hundred percent. Yeah, even like the some of the experiences she's talking about, I'm like, yep, I know all about that. So yeah. it's very like relatable, like especially yeah. like you said, coming from the south, because there's a lot of things, a lot of references are. Um, to the south so yeah and i think you know her um she just beyonce could be a family member really she really could be a family member for for a lot of black women especially southern black women i don't know how other people yeah i don't know how other people relate to her but when i hear beyonce even speak i just i like that's my cousin like (laughs) like that would be like my cousin i really do i let them know that beyonce is their auntie so yeah I guess she is like, it's almost like the cousin I don't ever speak to, but like when we do, yeah. it's like always a great time. When we link up, when when we link up, up yes, yes. So I wonder what people, somebody who's non-black, non-southern, how how they connect to Beyonce? Because my connection to Beyonce is so like she's a celebrity, but it feels so intimate to me. Okay. You know, yeah. I don't know. And though I know nothing about her, <laughs> yeah. Though I've never, met, I've never met Beyonce, but she feels like she feels just. Because I know that experience, I, it feels intimate to me. It feels close, you know. I feel that no, I agree. I definitely feel like there's like a connection that's let's be clear, not really there. Um, but but I think that's a reason why she like does very well with like sales and like getting her music out there is because she has that ability to relate to a lot of people. I think even mm-hmm. for um, people who are not necessarily like African American females and know that experience as a whole, um, you're at least able to relate to Beyonce and maybe like maybe you're from the South. Or just being like a woman and being empowered, right? Or just you mm-hmm. like a dance or you like a good bop. You know what I mean? There's so many different things that you can relate to Beyonce on. So maybe Southern black women are just relatable to all. I have this, I really do have this okay. theory that like Southern black women, <laughs> Southern American black women are just like, I don't want to say like the voice, not a voice of reason quite. But, but I do feel like. <laughs> Like what I've noticed is stepping into different spaces. Southern black women are always that sort of um, grounding like voice and the warm yeah. voice. For always sure. the like the person people really can like relate. Like they say what other people are thinking oh, yeah. and don't want to say, and people connect to that. Facts. Yeah, you no, know? I totally agree because I have this um, this older lady that works with me. I'm like the youngest in my uh, little office space, um, 
And so there's an older lady that works with me. And like, it's just like, I do not know much about this, this individual, but like the respect that I have for her, the like almost admiration that I have for her as an older black mm-hmm. woman. Um, and the things that she says, I'm like, Oh my God, like that's legit. You know what I mean? Like it just I makes so sense. much. Yeah. It like makes sense. Yeah. I put so much trust into her and the, and the value into things that she says that, and I don't even really know her, you know, outside of like working together or whatever. But, um, I definitely agree with that. Like, it's just like something about, like older something about the experience and like, yeah. and I think it's because we like we exist like the bottom of the totem pole most of the time. Mm-hmm. I, I I really think some people, if they had to choose a demographic of people to like lay, put their life <laughs> livelihood in life, like the life in the hands of, like mm-hmm. they would choose a black woman. <laughs> some people would be like, oh, I'm sure. choosing this person over X Y Z to make sure. sure I come out alive and fed. Oh, <laughs> like you know, one thousand percent any day. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't even have to be somebody that I like personally know. Like it could literally be not a rando, but like, you know, maybe not someone that I'm like the closest with or whatever. But for the most part, they usually have some bigger interest in like everybody's success. So mm-hmm. like yeah. we all here to win. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That was that was our talk on uh um Renaissance. We hope you guys uh either like the album or if you didn't love it as much that you still um found some sort of way to to connect to it, as I think we all do with Beyonce's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're looking forward, like we were saying, to the to part two and part or act two, act three. So mm-hmm. we can uh, see what else Beyonce has to drop on us. I want an R and B album. Like, I just want Beyonce to really, like, really get back to R&B. But, you know, that's me. Honestly, I just want something that's, like, that gives me that feel of, like, not old Beyonce. Because I like Beyonce always reinvents herself. But just something that's more, like, um, that's just more indicative of, like, her previous albums. A.K.A. old Beyonce. Yeah, sure. Beyonce 06. I, but I, I do understand that new like artists like to dabble and dabble into new things. But just uh, this was not the dabble that I was that I could listen to. <laughs> so. No, I get you. But like I, like you said, this album just wasn't for me, and that's okay. I don't think I was the target audience. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Yep. Well, thanks for watching, guys. We hope to see you guys in the next one. Bye, guys. Bye.